Grant, dear Lord, that as we hear with our outward ears, the truth of your word may come deeply into our hearts and lives. This we pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. It's a pretty special Sunday. For those of us that have been here for a while, we are so, so thankful to have Harriet and David and, and uh, Skinner with us today. If we could bottle you up, we would bottle you up and keep you. <laughs> Harriet was a teacher for many, many years and um, a highly organized teacher. <laughs> and so I think uh, Angela will correct me, but it feels like about six weeks ago she asked what I wanted for the music today. <laughs> And uh, Angela will tell you that if I remember that Sunday is tomorrow in time, it's a good, it's a good week. <laughs> so I looked at what Harriet had suggested and I, I loved all the suggestions. I didn't know that it was gonna to touch me so deeply to hear you this morning. So thank you so much for coming down. We're, we sang, we've, we've begun, we've, we've heard uh, the prelude on the piano and we've heard the, the hymn, and we've heard the readings, and here we are. And in many ways, many of us in this room um, are, are doing what we've done our whole life. Some of us in this room have been singing these same hymns and praying these same words for our whole life. And, and for those of us that have had the gift of this, life in the fellowship of this church. Um, we know it's a taste of what is to come. It's a space in our lives where we remember that someday we are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've set out to preach three sermons on John 14, 1 to 6 where Jesus shares with the disciples and then through the disciples and the evangelists and the New Testament for us that he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. And, and as, I, as I continue my journey and as I struggle to understand all that's going on around me, and in the lives of those I know and love, and in the lives of many that I don't know and pray to have love in my heart for, um, I'm faced constantly with this, this question in my own mind. Do these people ever stop and think about the meaning of their lives? Do, do, they ever, do they ever stop and pause and wonder if there is a purpose for life, for their life? Do, do they ever stop and think, where's my life leading? What is my life really worth? Last week we had one of my dearest friends, Denley Kaufman, 
retired Baptist minister preached for us. Denley and his wife Anne live in Conway, and I met them when they lived in Garden City many years ago, when, I first, uh, when Cynthia and I first moved here in 1994. Um, but listening to him and being with him was great joy for me. And then he, he and I did a kind of tag team in the class uh, after, after the early service. And Denley mentioned and said in passing, he told a story of a moment in his ministry when he was quite young. I believe if I, if I caught him correctly, he said it was 1982. Um, and, um, and he just made an aside. He said, it's an amazing thing how something that transpires in 30 seconds can change your whole life. And he was remembering one of those moments, one of those moments. I know that somehow, by the grace of God, when I was a young boy growing up in this church, and I mean by that, the church that worships and sings and thinks like this one. I was in a different state, a different town. I know that God began to touch my life with the, with the awareness that something wonderful called beauty exists. And that something called truth exists. And I profoundly experienced that something like love exists. Because I experienced beauty, and I experienced truth, and I experienced love in the community of the church. Because it was the community of my family. My family and, the, and, and, and its life, and the little Trinity Episcopal Church and its life were all one thing. And it began something in me that is still unfolding. When I grew up, I realized that the, 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 the great men and women of all the ages, as, as long as we have records of human beings, the men and women who have been most memorable and most remembered were very much seeking what was beautiful and what was true and what was loving. But I began to realize as I grew and grew and grew, there's only one source for all of that. Then the source of that is God. And that, that beauty and truth and love are to awaken in us a hunger for God and a desire for the fullness of what we have begun to know, what we've begun to see, what we've begun to taste. I remember being being confused by the old Elizabethan language that still prevailed in the Episcopal Church when I was a boy. Um, like, what does it mean to see in a glass darkly? Do you remember that phrase from the, from the old King James Bible? To see in a glass darkly. Well, it means to see in a, in a, in a mirror that's not a very good mirror, okay? And Cynthia and I had to move to England before we experienced old mirrors that were really not good mirrors. <laughs> now, some of you South Carolinians with your English heritage, you might have grown up with a 200 or 300 year old mirror, but you realize that primitive mirrors were imperfect, right? So you're not seeing perfectly in those mirrors. But, but I began to recognize that, 
that, that everything that had sort of begun to touch my life in, in times when I was serious, in times when I was reflective, in times when I was sad, in times when I was confused, in times when I felt all alone, that something had been dimly shown to me that I wanted to find. I think it was in a class in, at college that, um, that I first heard, I, I first realized where it came from. I had heard it before, that the unexamined life is not worth living. The unexamined life is not worth living. And that's attributed to Socrates, a great, great the father of, of philosophy in many ways, a, a Greek who lived 400 years before the time of Christ. The unexamined life is not worth living. And the reality that we know in this room, or we have heard in this room, is that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Socrates, God revealed the meaning of life. and the purpose of life, and the call of life, and the joy of life, and the goodness of life, when he called a people to be his own. And he began to teach them and show them that everything that was really worthy of pursuing, everything that was really worthy of wanting, everything that was really worthy of knowing, everything that was truly loving, had its source in him, and that his desire was that all his people would know it. Life rushes by, and my experience is that many, 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 many of us do not want to face the truth, that it's rushing by. And we can be caught in seeing the glimpses of all that's good and keeping our focus on that rather than on the good that lies beyond the glimpses. I am the way, Jesus says. I am the truth. I am the life. And then no one, no one will come to the Father but by me. Are you listening to the voice of God? The word that gets read Sunday by Sunday is the word of God. It's not my word. And today we hear John the Beloved reminding us that he came that we might have life. <laughs> that, 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 that Jesus was sent by the Father that we might see, that we might hear, that we might learn, that we might receive that which leads to life. Absolute glorious life. Earlier in the ministry, John tells us, Jesus in a dialogue with a group of people said to them, I have come that you may have life abundantly. That's why I've come.
And, and, and yet, and yet, all around us, there are those who suppress the truth. There are those who ignore the truth, even though it's surrounding them. And there are those who hear it and utterly refuse it. Jesus, one of his most common sayings, it would seem, was to say to people, you have ears, but you do not hear. I always have to look at Al when I think about ears and the heart, the eyes of the heart and the ears of the heart. Only one of them is in the Bible. But the concept is true. So, what's the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is that people who come near might know that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. That they might know it deeply, personally, intimately, as Denley said last week, and that they might pass it on to those who don't yet know it by how they live, by how they pray, by how they serve, by how they worship, with words and without words. The purpose of the church is that those who have seen pass it on. That that those who have discovered pass it on. So knowing the way and, and having seen and started to enter into the truth and having experienced the life, we give it away. We don't hoard it. We don't hold it so tight that others can't see it or experience it or know it. That, that 30 second thing that Denley said reminded me some year of, of a moment, some many years ago, there was a very wealthy man named Howard Hughes some of the oldies in, well, that was, that was an unnecessary thing to say. <laughs> Some of us in the room will know, I remember that name, and he, at the time, he, he became one of the wealthiest men in the world, but his personal life was a wreck. And he ended his life in the most, most unpleasant sort of way. He was just a miserable man for many years before he died. But at some point in, in his early billions, he was asked how much was enough. And he said, more than I have. It's possible to give our lives to things that will leave us at the end barren and alone and lost. But the Lord has come that that might not be so. So I, 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 I remind you today of Jesus saying, if you want life, come to me. If you want meaning, come to me. If you would like to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, come to me and learn my way and learn my truth and learn of my life. And the way that you find it is you ask 
and you knock and you seek. I've been using the word discover and discuss, the two words discover and discuss for years about life in small gatherings of Christians. And Denley kind of put the kibosh on me last week without me knowing it when he said, us Baptists, we love to discover what the Word of God says and discuss it. Discover and discuss it. Discover and discuss it. But we never do anything with it. <laughs> so now I'm a little bit tentative. But I know this. Jesus said, if you want life, ask for it. If you want life, knock on God's door for it. If you want life, seek it in Jesus. And you will find it. And one day, whether you live in Virginia or you live in South Carolina, we'll dwell in the house of the Lord together forever. Won't that be wonderful? Won't that be wonderful? Fear not, little flock. You belong to God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.